sadistic. I bet I could brag on your head right now. I wanted to. No kill. I'd like to believe you're aware enough, even now, to know that there's nothing sadistic in my actions. Or maybe towards those other jokers. But not you. No, kiddo. At this moment, This is me and my most masochistic. My Movies Better, Episode 12, Revenge. Hey guys, welcome back. Oh, you were going to say something? You just looked like you were going to say something. I was. Welcome to episode 12. Episode 12. Episode. Episode yeah. 12. Kevin is the um, best at pronouncing yeah. things totally right. 100%. So bad at pronunciation. Especially names. He's really good at pronouncing <laughs> people's names. Um, so in this week's episode, we cover movies about revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a theme that we continuously we'll argue you'll hear not against each other just points about whether or not movies are revenge movies um we cover the princess bride a revenge movie uh we we cover uh vengeance is mine which is in the title and we cover the revenant which was my pick mm-hmm. um we will not be getting into news and we will not be talking about the group we are going to start doing bonus episodes so those will be on those and we'll be bringing those around Starting January, where movies, uh, everything is going to be right. Movies Monday, my movies Monday, and we're going to have everything happens on Monday. We'll get our votes closed. We'll know the newest podcast episodes. We will, everything be ready for you on that. And we will have a Patreon. We'll have bonus episodes. Everything's going to be good to go come January. So remember, like, share, subscribe, please. Yes. That's, you guys, that's, as far as. Yeah. The podcasts go, social media, everything is at my movies better. The email is my movies better at, at gmail.com. Um, just, you know, however you can support us in the meantime would be great. And feel free yeah. to invite people to our group. Feel free to share our posts. And hell yeah. And to the people who have supported us, thank you. Yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of you guys do support us in other ways. And thank you for that as well. Yeah. Um, I like hearing, I like hearing compliments. So here's what we're <laughs> going to do we're going to start a new thing right now. Okay. Uh, this is not going to make it into this week's episode because we have already recorded this week's episode. Uh, breaking the fourth wall. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to just throw this out there from now on. If we see your review on iTunes, a five-star review, uh, we will put your username in the beginning of the episode, and we might s- just make like a little mini fake trailer with your names in it. Yeah. Something fun like that. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Now now you have an incentive to go do a five-star review. Do Actually, a five-star review and we'll... May have a little gift for someone. If you guys want to go out and give us a five-star review, 
You may just win a copy of the amazing film, Miami Connection. Oh, shit. Yeah, because I bought two copies of it <laughs> by accident. Awesome. Yeah. I love how you bought two copies on accident, yeah. and you're going to give one away instead of letting me have it, but... Well, that's, you were really... that's okay. Okay, yeah. Well, Miami I... Connection is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is one of the worst. Well, you know, movies. maybe maybe you'll somehow win the contest. <laughs> I'm not in it. I'm not going to do a five star review of my own shit. Right. I'm a grown up. I already did. <laughs> um, also, look forward to in January we will start doing live. We'll do Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, all of that live. And Kevin here has a fucking thing called the Gear 360, and it'll be filmed in 3D. Hell yeah. Like, as in, like, not, like, put on your glasses. No, in 360. Yeah. Not 3D. So you'll be able to spin the camera around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be vr Yes. So what do you call that? I mean, maybe it won't. It might actually be webcam, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know how that works. We'll I, it's, I'm having just, hey, you know, technical difficulties with the camera. Okay, so, so never mind. That no way. I'm thing. trying. We're gonna try to. We're gonna get it. Try to get it done. Um, and then also another little bit of piece of news. I was thinking. I was doing a lot of thinking, and I was saying to Kevin, I don't know if I want to talk about it on the podcast yet because I don't know how I'm feeling about it. Uh, if any of you remember, uh, from if you're friends of mine, I had a podcast concept back in the day called Alone with the Movies. I am bringing it back. I've just changed the format completely. It will be a new thing, and it will be under the umbrella of My Movies Better. It's only available on the Facebook group uh, for for uh, My Movies Better. It won't have its own social media. Uh, it's all My Movies Better stuff. And uh, it'll have its own channel, so I'll make sure you subscribe to that as well. Nice. And maybe even its own Patreon. I don't know yet. Probably not. <laughs> the only reason I would say it would get its own Patreon is because I have to pay to go see the fucking movies every week. Uh, essentially, what I'll be doing is I'll be going to the theater, I'll be watching a movie, and then I'll let the <laughs> people at home yeah. vote for a contrasted movie via streaming. So Amazon and Netflix and stuff like that. So... Uh, if you are hearing this, I watched uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. So if you can find a contrasting film that's on the internet for me to watch, maybe the first movie, I don't fucking know, throw it out there. Yeah. Um, maybe The Wizard. Actually, that's not really about arcade games. That's but... a great movie, though. That's really yeah, it awesome. is a great that's movie. really fun. I would say like Tron is another one. Yeah, would be a yeah. Good one. I also have... Uh, Which is referenced I'm... in the sequel, by the way. <laughs> I'm also working on a uh, little side thing with group member Emma Mendoza. Working on a little thing that uh, tentatively I'm calling the Atlas Obscure, where we're gonna like watch old obscure commercials and random TV shows that were piloted and never made, and oh, uh, break them down. So we're gonna do hopefully an episode pretty soon for you guys. So keep on the lookout for that. I as love well. it. Does that include anything that was unaired, like uh, the final episode yeah. of Dinosaurs? It also includes things that are aired, but yes, it would include the final episode of Dinosaurs, which is a fantastic. We'll be, uh, it's you yeah, have to it is. It's that. crazy. Um, we will be starting with a Christian 80s sitcom called Family First, which <laughs> is ridiculous. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully that'll be out next week at some point. Yeah. Uh, and also keep an ear out because uh, our buddy Justin Furtak, who is in the band Cool Parents, uh, has a podcast, first of all, yeah. called Cool Parents, cool Parents. So go yeah. check that out. <laughs> Second of all, does the theme for Alone at the Movies. Uh You'll hear a kind of a crap, like not, not, it's not crap, it's a great version. It's just his yeah. not official mastered version mm -hmm. of the theme song. He wrote a song for the podcast that will be making it onto his album. So you can go check out that album, which will be coming out soon. Uh, in the meantime, they have a whole selection on Tidal and Spotify and Apple Music and all mm -hmm. that good stuff. Um, and we're maybe talking to him. We'll reach out to him. Yeah. 
Uh, but in the meantime, we'll just say it on here. So he's kind of, kind of, we'll force his hand. Uh, <laughs> we need him to do a theme song for this. Hell yeah. Podcast. Hell yeah. So I guess without further ado, let's uh, jump right into the movies, huh? Yeah, uh, just give me a second. I have to t- I have to go take a piss. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also... All right. I'll um, meet you at the seats. Should I get snow caps or Reese's yeah. Pieces? Oh, dude, both. Both? Yeah. Have mean... you ever put them in the popcorn before? Yeah. Okay, fuck it. I'm just going to get snow caps, Reese's, Hell yeah. M&M's. All right, and a Coke. And uh, I'm going to probably do that. Oh, yeah? Give me the gore details. Sound number one. It's a goddamn massacre, Pop. They wiped out the whole wedding party execution style. Give me a figure. Nine dead bodies. I was five and he was six. And we're talking a whole shebang. Bride, groom, reverend, reverend's wife. L.A. shot that old color film and plays the organ. Appear to me somebody objected to this union wasn't bang, able to hold her peace. What I tell you, Pop? It's like a goddamn Nicaraguan death Seasons came and changed. Shit can and glass and water. Sorry, Pop. Well, it's we work professions. Yes, Let's get them off the hits. Four, maybe five strong. How can you tell? Well, sure, instead of hand did this. This ain't no squirrely amateur. This is a worker with solid dog. You can tell by the cleanliness in the car. Now, they kill crazy rap pigs, though it may be. Who's the bride? Don't know. The name on the marriage certificate is Arlene Machiavelli. That's a fake. We've all just been calling her the bride on account of the dress. He didn't tell her she was pregnant. Man, it'd be a mad dog. She'd have a damn good looking guy like that in the head. Look at her. Hay colored hair. Big eyes. Two blood spattered angel. Son number one? Yeah. Tall drink of cocksucker ain't dead. This week is the 1987 fantasy romance adventure film, The Princess Bride. It is available on Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, and iTunes. So, it is down to you, and it is down to me. If you wish you're dead, by all means, keep moving forward. Let me explain. Inconceivable! There's nothing to explain. You're trying to kidnap what I've rightfully stolen. Perhaps an arrangement can be reached? There will be no arrangement, and you're killing her. Well, if there can be no arrangement, then we are at an impasse. Inconceivable! I can't compete with you physically, and you're no match for my brains. You're that smart. 
let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Morons. Really? In that case, I challenge you to a battle of wits. To the death, I accept. Good. Then pour the wine. Inhale this, but do not touch. I smell nothing. What you do not smell is called iocane powder. It is odorless, tasteless, dissolves instantly in liquid, and is among the more deadly poisons known to man. Hmm. All right. Where is the poison? The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You made your decision then? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me from my class, and you from yours. Guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. Victim to one of the classic blunders. Is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well known is this: never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Oh fuck! Chuck's on a killing spree again. We're guillotined for men. I walk around town with a frown on my face. So the princess, <laughs> the princess bride, uh, was directed by Rob Reiner and starred Carrie Elwes. Uh, Andre the Giant Ruzumov, Mandy, <laughs> Mandy Patinkin, and introducing Robin Wright. And also think of note, the music for this film was scored by Mark Knopfler, the uh, guitarist for the band Dire Straits. Knopfler sounds like a Muppet name. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So, uh, <laughs> Or a Pokemon. A po- yeah, yeah. Pokemon, I was just keeping Knopfler. It would evolve. Knopfler. Into... <laughs> it would be like an annoying, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it would evolve into his brother. It was, I think, Dave. I don't know. Yeah. He was the singer. The singer was his brother. But anyway, you know. Um, so this this movie caused some controversy <laughs> on the group. And I just want to say right off the top to get it out of the way. This podcast, on this podcast, we do not pick themes as in this theme is not just revenge movies only like say it's not the driving it's not like it doesn't have to be the driving force as long as it's a yeah. very important plot and exactly. to me in this movie specifically even revenge is like the plot right so while i understand that you guys some of you guys disagree on this being a revenge movie i actually agree with you on that but it doesn't mean that we're not going to cover it it's also obviously picked by the group so uh maybe that will be something that takes points away from it in the end Maybe not. We'll see. So um, I guess right off the bat, I really like this movie. I've seen this movie a lot. What do you? Think? Oh yeah, it's top one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, uh, Andre the Giant's actually a member of our group. Yeah, uh, he speaks in French and he gets very triggered by Hulk Hogan posts. <laughs> he hates the Hogan, but you know Hogan. Hogan was kind of a douchebag, but not to get too deep into wrestling. But <laughs> Andre, I think. Minus maybe, and he's probably going to yell at me about this on the uh, group. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe other than Roddy Piper in in uh, They Live, this is probably the best performance by a wrestler. Yeah, 
Well, I, I would say it's a better performance than than Roddy. I just think that that was a better like it's just a good movie. Yeah, he's the star of the yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, I just think maybe with with Andre, it's more he's he's a little bit harder to understand some points in the movie there's like like the one scene that i always feel like i have no idea what the fuck is going on is the beginning part of when they're rhyming which leads up to the anybody want a peanut line i'm like mm-hmm. what the fuck are they saying like they're the to begin the rhyme it's just and a lot of it is just his his voice is not recorded well he had a very yeah he had a very thick thick accent but he's so endearing in this movie that like you just want to give him a hug Mm-hmm. He's just such a nice, like, benevolent character. He refused to attack him with the rock. Right, right. He that's not sports be like. Uh, that was a terrible. <laughs> I am sorry. What that was, was that? awful. It's that was like English. Andre. Right, it's not oh, sports be like. I'm on the rock here, and I'm gonna kill you. I'm, I'm the English Andre the Giant. <laughs> I don't like Hulk Hogan. No, he doesn't. I don't know why I'm looking at your dog to do the impression to that's your dog good. to to confirm whether or not it was a good impression. <laughs> Yeah, was, that's pretty good. Your Andre is a really good impression. Uh, I'm also going to say that that Carrie uh, Wesley in this movie, he's quite a dreamboat when this film came out. He was a very, very good looking man. Yeah. yeah. Those beautiful um, blue eyes. But I think my, my favorite, my, one of my favorite things about this movie is how it's it's like a, a story within a story because you have the, the dad or the granddad, I'm sorry, reading the story to uh, Fred Savage. And that's so like the movie it anything that's like weird or outlandish about the movie. It's just like, well, it's yeah, it's a fairy tale book. Like, so it, what's, it, what's that uh, show that he's from that? Like really wonderful. Um, uh, not wonderful life. Oh, my God. The Wonder Years. What? No, I know what he's from. I know what the kid's from oh. uh, the grandfather. Oh, uh, oh, geez. He's like a detective. Was he Kojak or something? No, he wasn't Kojak. Kojak banged my grandmother on my dad's side. Whoa. Yeah, he's he didn't Kojak. get her pregnant or what? else I'd be Kojak's grandmother. No, you wouldn't. He wouldn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Ah, oh, dude, that's gonna kill me. <laughs> All right, you keep you keep talking about this movie. Okay. Well uh, another thing I'd like to mention about it, so so uh this movie also has our another one of our people that we've had on a movie before chris sarandon who's an actor i really like he was in child's play as well he plays humperdink um and him and christopher guest as as the count the six-fingered man they're one of one of my other little favorite things they have a really good uh back and forth they have a good chemistry with each other um and in this movie like i remember when i was a kid or at least when i was younger like i was always presented this movie as if it was a comedy like people told me it was a funny movie and i'd watch it and i was like it's not really funny. Like I enjoyed it, but I was like, it's not a funny movie. Yeah. I like, didn't roll over a, laughing, but it, it's I, a subtle, there's subtle comedy. Definitely. But I feel like it's intently on, I think it was intended to be a pretty funny movie. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely supposed to be like a comedy script at its core. But I was, I think when people I mean, tell me that I was also like a huge fan of like Mel Brooks and Monty Python. So I'm yeah. expecting like jokes every five seconds. Yeah. You know, to be a way over the top. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, them falling down the hill was super over the top slapstick yep, yep. and shit like that. And the rats of uh, whatever, the rats of enormous, unusual size or whatever they were. Yeah, and and, and consistently the inconceivable. Yeah, yeah. That thing. Yeah, Wallace Shawn is really good. Um, he was also in a uh, My Dinner with Andre. If you ever saw that, which I actually really like. 
a totally different movie from this about about like two guys talking about plays. But Wallace Shawn is really good stage actor, and his he just I don't know he brings a lot to this, and I think the the interplay between him, Andre, and Montoya is fantastic. And we might as well get into Indigo Montoya since he is our main source of revenge. Yeah, but not only. Not only. I want it because I want to make something very clear. I don't think that he's just going after, you know, the guy that, that, you know, he's trying to avenge his dad, the six-finger man. That's not just the only revenge plot. I mean, the main guy is going after the bride. He's not going to fall in love with her again. He's going after her because she decided as soon as she thought that he was killed by the pirate, she was going to get married right away. Yeah. And so he felt irrelevant. He He pulls the, the, that like, you know, yeah, that masculine like, hey. Yeah. Was it so? Did you go to marry him five seconds after I left? Like, yeah. whoa, no, dude. You were gone happen. for like 10 years or five years or whatever it was. Um, yeah. And I also think that, like, if to skip right to the end of the movie, uh, his in the end of the movie, he like openly says, like, I'm going to cut your hands off. I'm going to cut your nose off. I'm going to make sure that every fucking child that sees you <laughs> thinks you're an ugly piece of shit, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he talks to Montoya. And I guess you could say, like, we talked about this earlier off the pod, like, I guess you could say that, like, he is, in a sense, being told, like, Montoya straight up says, like, I got my revenge, and now I don't know what to do with myself. Like, yeah. so I think that it has more to do with the plot than people are giving credit for. Yes, at its, at the, the first thing I would say about it is it's a fantasy adventure romance movie. Yeah, those are, those are genres, though. You could also argue that the revenge plots in the movie are j- are just as important to the overall film's message as the love plot. So yeah. I don't think that it's just about romance. And the way I see it is if you take out every single point of the movie that revolves around revenge, the movie itself would be uh, them kissing and the grandfather talking, telling the story. Yeah. Talking about the story. That's yeah. it. There's nothing, there would be nothing else right. in the movie. So... That would make up what, like nine minutes of this whole right. fucking plot? When you said something really good when we were talking earlier about how this movie really is like a callback to, and you mentioned Mel Brooks mm-hmm. um, as well there. Like, it's a callback to like how, I, I really think it's a callback to how movies used to be made. Like, if you look at like the big budget films from like the 50s, like especially the westerns oh yeah just you're going even further back yeah. but like they just threw so much shit at the wall so the movie would have like comedy dancing musical numbers action you know it it was it wouldn't just be like one I would say thing that was the biggest time frame of of not knowing what the plot of the movie was i would say is the 80s and 90s well that too Tell yeah. me what, what kind of movie is the goonies adventure what else uh blatantly a comedy yeah comedy teen movie technically i mean kind of yeah or like or like like young adult movie mm-hmm. you know middle school age kid movie but uh oh man there yeah it's i mean fantasy. um crime Pirate movie pirates crime yeah. yeah like yeah there's a lot more mystery than just, yeah i mean you could say the same thing about like a lot of movies from you can even era, say it's a road so. movie the whole thing is trying to get to right. the, the the one-eyed pete but i think a lot of movies at the time they were calling back to like it was like a, another resurgence of like the big studio movies. Yeah. That's just so much shit. I mean, like, what is Scrooged about? Not to go too yeah, off exactly. topic. Exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot going point. on. It's easily a Christmas movie, but it's also a mm-hmm. comedy movie, but it's also a dramatic movie. Yep. But it's also kind of scary. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? like, <laughs> there's so much yeah. shit going on. <laughs> uh, Gremlins. Yeah. What kind of movies, Gremlins. Right. 
but so in i I feel like gremlins is going to make its way into the holiday episode (laughs) yeah it might it might might squeeze in there gremlins is a hollywood uh a a christmas movie die hard's a christmas movie hell yeah i think this is that's the second time we've said that on the podcast that die hard is and gremlins Mm -hmm. (laughs) fucking right um there's also uh i think it's also interesting that the in the movie accounted they say revenge three times and there's a song called revenge and a ship's called revenge they say inconceivable four times while sean says inconceivable four times so the most famous quote in this movie inconceivable that's not the most famous you're and i'm kidding but other than that the most (laughs) i would say if you could even want to debate them other than him saying inconceivable other than andre being in the movie there's nothing else the number one thing is i'm indigo montoya you killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah, and it's it it's more because it, to me, like, okay, yes, there's there's such a thing as a subplot in a movie, but this movie has several subplots, and it follows characters. There's a lot of characterization in the movie. Yeah, it doesn't just be like, hey, he's the guy who wants revenge, and hey, he got his revenge. You see a lot of his story. You see a right. lot of Andre's story. You see a lot of uh, Buttercup's story. I think as... I know more about him than I know about uh, Wesley or Buttercup. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it because it's a movie that it allows you to choose where where you want to watch it, you know, right. and that's why it's can be I think it's also why it won when it gets into a vote for something. It's a movie that tons of different types of people enjoy. Oh, and okay. that's why I think it, it would win. It literally could win any any vote One that we those. could put it in, you know, best fantasy movie. Yeah. What kind of movie was Labyrinth? Was Labyrinth? Oh, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's got so many. It's a yeah. fantasy movie. It's a Muppet it's an movie. movie. <laughs> it's a rescue movie. Yes. You know? I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit a little bit of revenge there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that... I know we spent a lot of time talking about whether or not it's a revenge movie instead of talking about the movie. Yeah. Because it's a revenge movie, and that's why it's on the fucking okay, episode. Okay, so what, aside from that stuff, what would you say are some of the, like, drawbacks that you have about it? drawbacks yeah like things um, you didn't like about it honestly i don't have anything yeah this is one of those untouchables to me i don't really this isn't yeah. something you can convince me to say anything bad about. yeah no i actually put it up there too i think it should go into the untouchables um i don't know if i would give it a straight up 100 but i give it a, a pretty high score we'll see where it lies at the end um i mean like just like little things too that like scenes that you forget like this part with a lady, and I made a little clip with it that you'll hear after we're done here. Um, the lady who's like, Boo, boo, you're the queen of garbage. Like, there's so yeah, many good so little mean. parts. So she gave know? up on love so quickly. And there's, but there's parts that like forget. Like, I remember, you know, obviously that scene we talked about, obviously the sword fight, which is a really great, really, really, really good yep. fucking sword fight. Um, and actually, while I'm talking about that, another thing that I think is really important about this movie, I think that I love about it, is the sets. Almost everything in it is in like a big movie set, you know, like oh, like yeah. like the when the ships are coming up, like there's like a painted background, like it looks fake but real, so it has that fairy tale thing. The 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 castles where they they have the sword fight at the right. top of the cliffs, like the sets in it are really really fucking very good. much like one of my favorite movies of all time. That's not a very good movie, but I think is amazing. Hook, yeah, exactly, painted skies and shit like that yep which again i think is another kind of callback to the classic era of film where a lot of stuff was done on 
big sets and sound stages instead of you know yeah. flying to Egypt if you needed to make an Egypt. It was also movie. very very dramatic movie for mm-hmm. what was supposed to be a family adventure movie. But yeah, it's also a comedy yeah. clearly. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it hits every it hits every button. So yeah. I think it's a good movie. I definitely think that re- the revenge plot is good enough that uh, is big enough and important enough that it qualifies here. I don't know if that'll be enough to win in this particular realm, but uh, but I definitely know. I definitely think it deserves. I don't know. To, it's up there. I um, think. Okay, I think so. it deserves to be here because that's the kind of show we do. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, earlier, I said I would look up who um, Peter Falk plays. Columbo. He's Columbo. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of that. I knew it was one word, and it's really good. He's also in that movie with uh, Vince Vaughn and Jean Favreau. Oh, uh, oh, 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 Swingers. No, not Swingers. The, oh, okay, so the other one, what was that? Made. Made, yes. Fucking one of the most underrated with, movies uh, of all time. Is that also Ben Kingsley? I'm ben pretty Kingsley. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ben. No, I'm sorry. No, that's a different one. Nope. I'm thinking Definitely of uh, Sexy Beast. Um, DMX? Yes. No, not DMX, Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy, yeah, yeah, Puff yeah. Puff Daddy was in this. Um, <laughs> wow, that, that was a, a slight at ro- uh, racism right there for a second. What, you, <laughs> just you, assuming, oh, it was a black rapper from the '90s. I mean, but arguably two of the most famous ones. I wouldn't say that's racism. Stereotyping. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but DMX would have been better anyway. He's, he would have. not a very He would have given it to them. And I'm saying Pop Daddy because in the '90s he was Pop Daddy. Yeah, yeah. This was the when he was. It was before he was Sean Puffy Combs. That joke just went completely over my head until just now. <laughs> yeah, he would give it to them. He would. He would give them the X. <laughs> In that movie, uh, yeah. Um, so, Princess Bride. What else can you say about it except for that Rob Reiner really doesn't like smoking? What? Yeah, Rob Reiner hates smoking. I guess the, uh, the Simpsons. South Park did a whole episode about it. Well, it's now like ten years ago. But was there? What? What? Did, what did that have something to do with the movie? It was. Yeah. No, it didn't. But Rob Reiner directed the movie. Oh, okay. So yeah, that makes that fits. They did an episode where he was like, it was like he was an anti-smoking guy, but he had all these like vampires and evil people with him, and he was eating cheeseburgers and like butter the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a while ago. It was before like the new South Park style of of episodes, I guess, or whatever. Before like they got like really really good, and I stopped watching a few years ago. A lot of information that I just had to try to process process i'm holding the mic and the thing keeps falling down yeah, can you hear me like bumping into it and stuff? a little bit like it but it's not, no not really just that but i'm one nice time. loud and clear compared to usual uh so that was the princess bride i present to you your queen queen buttercup Because you had love in your hands and you gave it up, they would have killed Wesley if I hadn't done it. Your true love lives, and you marry another true love. Saves her in the first place, and she treated it like garbage. And that's what she is, the queen of refuse. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Queen Buttercup. Ladies and gentlemen, there is the new champion.
Do my best. That's hardly a promise. My movie is the 2015 drama thriller *The Revenant*. It is available on YouTube. Amazon Prime, Google Play, Vudu, iTunes, and for free on Cinemax. Hey, Glass. Is it true what they say? Aren't you shooting that lieutenant while you was living them sandwiches? Gerald. 21 dead soldiers, more than 40 dead feathernecks, but you and your boy are the only ones who get to walk out alive. It's kind of a miracle, don't you think? Shut up, Mr. Gerald. That what you did? Shot one of your own to save this little dog right here? You know what you fight, son? Why, was you playing with this little boy's mama? Huh? It's Gerald! Did he kill her? Hey, you can quit polishing that rifle when I'm talking to you. I'm working on it. You can work on it later when I'm done talking to you. Look at me, scout. That's enough! You're forgetting your place, boy. So far as I can tell, my place is right here on the smart end of this rifle. You move along, Fitzgerald. That's an order. Listen to me. We only have a couple hours of light left. We gotta stash these pelts and get rid of the boat. Let's go. Yes, Captain. Good. 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 Good.
So The Revenant stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, uh, Will Poulter, who's a very underrated actor, mm. uh, Domhnall Gleeson, and it introduced uh, the kid who plays his son, Forrest Goodluck, uh, as Hawk, mm-hmm. his native son. Um, it was directed by Alejandro Gonzalez and Narito. That's how you say it. Um, no. <laughs> in Inya. Inya. I looked Ritu. it up and it's. Inya Ritu. Inya Ritu. Inya Ritu. Nah, it's not. It's like different. Whatever. I'm coming off. He's a great so director. Culturally insensitive today. Eh, it doesn't matter. I got to work on myself. I, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to sit and meditate. And I'm going to self reflect on <laughs> who I am as an individual. Say Alejandro but, uh, G. Yeah, that's it. Alejandro <laughs> G.I. All right. So this got an I. Uh, IMDb score of 8 out of 10 Rotten Tomatoes 78% uh, 4 out of 5 on iTunes and for Google users 89% of the people liked it. What did you think? Well let me just throw in real quick since we were just talking about it that's about the same as what Princess Bride got except for the user score was way higher with Princess Bride but probably like 95 or some shit yes just because I forgot to mention that last time however this movie I really really enjoyed it and uh it wasn't. It was like a movie that I just didn't see, not for any reason. It just like fell through the cracks. Um, I knew about it. I knew the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that uh, the bear attack thing. Yeah, that's like the famous yeah. thing because there was a, a joke that like it started off as a meme, but then it turned into people thought that's what the movie was about. Mm. Someone made a meme of the bear on top of Leonardo DiCaprio who was face down. Okay, and yeah. the whole plot they were. People went on forever thinking, oh, I don't want to see The Revenant. Is that the movie where Leonardo DiCaprio gets raped by a bear? I wanted... Because the meme says Leo yeah. gets raped by a bear. He deserves an Oscar. And it was like that shot where the bear's like right behind him. Yeah. And it, yeah. The bear so, didn't rape no. Leonardo DiCaprio. No, well, <laughs> no, but stupid. the bear did. Oh, my God. That just the when the claw, he's scratching oh. the claws on his like shoulder. I was so like, fucking oh. intense. Um, and, but I did think it was funny because throughout the whole movie, I like kept chuckling to myself and that any time where he was just like standing there and it was quiet, I'd be like, and then he gets attacked by a bear again. Like yeah. I just was waiting. <laughs> but so, uh, and I also, I also knew that he suffered a lot. And I would say that the, the, the biggest takeaway for me of this movie is that Leonardo, this movie is two hours of Leonardo suffering maybe mm-hmm. more at least a minimum of two hours of him suffering for an oscar and then the rest of the half hour or so of movie is everything else yeah. mainly tom hardy killing it because my my favorite thing about it is tom hardy and maybe just specifically his voice his accent in this movie is so good which it's, is weird because he's notorious for fucking up accents right. pretty and bad. We just spoke about him last week in mm-hmm. uh, Mad Max Fury Road. He's back again. He is slowly becoming one of my favorite actors, even though I I didn't like his voice as Bane, but that was really the only thing I didn't like about it. Like I was like pretty okay with his performance and wherever I've seen him in movies. I loved him in that movie Bronson. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so like he he's definitely you know what? I I've he actually saved some Bob. Yes. You ever seen uh um, I know what you're talking about. Okay, it's one of the lock stock type movies. It's layer not layer cake. Nope. Oh my god. I know the real rock and roller. Rock and roll. Rock and roller. Rock and roller, yes. Um well cuz the thing about him that I think is really interesting, I feel like he's kind of he comes from like the same mold as uh Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. I'm not comparing him, I'm not saying that he's as good in that. Daniel Day-Lewis is on like another level. But what Tom Hardy does is very similar. He tries to have a totally different character, it feels like, in every movie, all the way down to vocally. 
he really works hard on like establishing who the character is. And I think the voice is one of the things he does. And that's definitely something Daniel Day-Lewis does. In almost every Mm -hmm. movie, he has a different accent. And he works really hard to, especially in historical movies, they both work really hard to capture the real accent of the character. And that both him and Leo do a really good job of that. But Tom Hardy takes the fucking cake in this. And I actually think he does. I think Leo deserved an Oscar. I will never say that. Out of all the movies he's been in that were up for it, this is the one he deserved it for. However, I also think Tom Hardy deserved an Oscar just as much. I don't I don't think he won one. Maybe he did, but I don't think he did. Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy for this movie, no. Um Yeah, I feel like he was nominated, but I don't know. It, he possibly was. I mean, he definitely deserved to be nominated. Um It's also interesting because this film actually I feel like has two simultaneous revenge plots going on in a way. Obviously, you have, you know, so basically, you know, Tom Hardy murders his son and he's going to collect his revenge is the basic plot for Leo. But also there's sort of a revenge plot going on for the natives, the uh, the, the re-Indians who yep. are following him because it's like the chief's daughter, I guess. They never, I don't know if he ever says it's his daughter, but I, I thought it was supposed to be his daughter. Hawk's mom? Poquata, Poquatla or something. Yeah, you're talking about Hawk's mom? Uh no, not it wasn't oh, Hawk's mom. Raped was, and murdered. Yes, the woman who was be, who had been captured by the French. Oh, okay. They're also in a sort of revenge plot because he's following, and up until Leo finds her, you don't actually know. You you're like she's probably dead, dude. There's no those guys don't have a Native American woman with them, so right. that's probably not looking good for you. Up until he runs into the French, you don't even know if she's alive or not. Um, so you kind of have two revenge plots going on. And that's also another theme that we've covered and was actually kind of in all three of these movies. The re-following the Americans, the yeah. uh, the police following in our in the in um Vengeance's Mind following the killer, and in in uh, Princess Bride, Humperdink following Wesley. Yeah, so you before have, that Wesley following um, following the uh, the Vigo friends. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I Vigo. Indigo. Vigo. Indigo, yes. Um, and yeah, so then, uh, yeah, Leo basically sucks at everything in this movie. Uh, he leads the reed to the camp. He gets attacked by a bear, shoots the bear and gets attacked again. Uh, then Tom Hardy beats him up and leaves him to die. Um, he crawls for 20 minutes. Uh, then there's more suffering. He, he finds, he lies with his dead son's body before he has to cauterize a neck wound. Then he gets caught in the rapids and attacked by the, by the re. And then he pukes up raw meat, and then, uh, oh, yeah, he rides a horse off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, he's got a pretty hard yeah. time. And I want you guys to all know that this movie was filmed, like, on location to be as oh, real yeah. as possible. Even the lighting is all natural lighting. Like, everything is, it's, it's it, as you see it, is what they were experiencing. The cold, it was one of the most difficult movies to film. I would actually say that... Um, Leo actually suffered. From oh him. yeah, he like really did. But I would actually say that um, the American wilderness is a character in its own way in this film. Um, For sure, they're like especially okay. So that once he like gets up on his feet, Leo. I mean, once yeah. he like gets up on his feet, and there's just those scenes where like the sun finally comes out. It's probably like literally an hour and a half through the movie. Mm-hmm. so much of the movie before that had been so dark and it's like it like the weather like followed with him so he comes out and it's like 
he's survived all this shit and he's now on his way now he's like now i'm gonna kill this motherfucker and like the color in the movie just turns up and it's like greener and bluer skies and shit i think i think that he did a lot that uh the director i mean to really follow the character with the wilderness and with yeah. the, you know the weather and and surrounding you know when he's at his lowest point they're in the middle of a fucking snowstorm you know a so, real snowstorm yeah yeah so you know <laughs> exactly there's a lot of suffering man um but it, there's also kind of a drawback to some of that at the beginning because i can't tell who people are early on in the movie when, especially when chaotic things are happening i think that's on purpose like the beginning uh attack by the re is one of my favorite action scenes or like war type battle scenes in a movie it's really well done it's it's chaotic and it's brutal. Like you see guys yeah. just getting like their heads Fuck fucking knocked in. Yeah. Fuck this movie. Yep. And it's realistic too. I would say, I mean, I didn't look into it much. Mm-hmm. I will say the story, and we can get into that in a sec. The story is not what happened. The story it's based on at all. Other than him following this guy to find yeah. him. But the historical accuracy of the movie, everything else around it is pretty damn good. As far as I can tell, there's nothing that stood out to me that I was like, nah, that wouldn't be this point. Right. <laughs> you know, in America, it was very historically accurate. Like a, the, the frying pans to put on hot coal. Wasn't <laughs> right? invented until 1748. <laughs> Yo, I am, maybe it's just because I'm in my own head. Mm-hmm. How fucking amazing would it be to find out that that was exactly true. What I just said. <laughs> That would be amazing. You know, they'd be like, yeah, <laughs> really someone, someone find that. Someone find cold. out that they didn't do that. When was the that. first frying pan? The first I feel frying. Like it was probably before It must have been way before that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, because it even goes into just, I mean, I feel like the it, it's, like, it has uh, elements of Westerns a little bit, but it's not yeah. too cinematic. It definitely has more of, like, a accuracy. Like, it's an epic. It's oh, not, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's not. I, I get what you're saying. Um, who do so you think Tom Hardy is the most standout? I yeah, as a I well, I would say his performance. I think is the thing about the movie that I liked the most. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, the kid who played Hawk did like he did a good job. He was really good. Oh yeah, but he's in it for such so, so a short short time. Yeah, it's true. You know, he only has like really the. There's that. There is a great scene with him, but it's Tom Hardy. It's the scene where he's being like, "You listen to me," and then fucking actually, it's I use it for the trailer, and then he's like, "Oh, my place is at the end of this rifle," you know. Leo says that to him. Like that scene is really good, but Hawk is like kind of a side on that scene, mm-hmm. you know. And then obviously, even when Tom Hardy kills him, he's more of an object <laughs> to Tom Hardy's, you know, a performance as the villain. Yeah. I had a question with you. I mean, not to talk too much about him. Again, it was my favorite point, but how, I mean, obviously he's a bad guy, but like there was a part of me that kind of like got where he was coming from, at least from the point of like, I think he actually believed at first before he murdered Hawk right. that like Leo really did sell them out. Like he thought he was like with the natives because he had done that. Like obviously this guy's a racist. He's a piece of shit. Like, but right. he had a point like, these guys show up, that guy's because just we, not here. This is one of those movies that tests the moral high ground of individuals that are watching it. It's really like, I get that he's blatantly the antagonist because Leonardo DiCaprio is the main character. Mm. That's like the main reason you know he's the bad guy. But it's one of the, it's what I, I would say is the George R.R. R. Martin uh, character development. 
yeah. thing. It is that there's not really this isn't a good person versus a bad person. It's very human. Right. Ambiguous <laughs> morality. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, it, in this Tom Hardy thinks he's the hero of his own story and that's when that happens it's more realistic. It's more grounded. Right. And a movie that's supposed to be like hyper realistic filming on location right and, and it, filming through snowstorms right. and him crawling through actual ice exactly. water and this is as much about survival as it is about revenge you know yeah. for both of them i mean that's what tom hardy's trying to do that's why he's doing all the bad shit because to survive this shit yeah you don't you don't see tom hardy at the end of the movie standing up with a gun over his head like no. i did no. it i'm the end of the world he's not because he's not supposed to be like he's not the villain in his own story right and he's exactly. not he's not arrogant to him uh, well, but he does have the like. Him. It's not about him. It's about everybody. Right. It's he does have that classic like, you know, man, uh, I had to kill your son because he was yelling, and then the re would have come and attacked. <laughs> it's like, dude, you so that's like an excuse. Like this guy's not gonna listen to that. No, it's it's mainly he was he did have a, a, a an actual care for the people mm. around him and his men. So do you know the real story? I don't of Hugh Glass. It's pretty similar, but it it's missing a few things. So first of all, in this story. We have a guy who's lost his son, you mm -hmm. know, whose son has been murdered. So that's a pretty motivating factor. Right. In real life, Hugh Glass just got his shit stolen. That was so it. he didn't, get he didn't by have a, bear? a son. No, well, he did get attacked by a bear. Okay. He didn't have a son though. Basically, so like he got attacked by a bear with this party. The same shit happened. The cat, like with the captain being like, "Look, I'll pay you guys to stay with him, bury him, and shit." And and. Uh, John Fitzgerald, Tom Hardy, stole his shit, his gun, and like a bunch of the other stuff that he had, and left him to die. He broke, you know, the. So that part is true. But isn't, I mean, as cool as it is, I get how cinematic he is putting the sun in there. Yeah. In reality, he just was like, You stole my shit. I'm coming to fucking get you. And crawled for like 200 miles to a fort. But the, the thing is, the thing that doesn't make it cool cinematically, if you were to follow the real story, is that by the time he got to the fort, just like in the movie, um, which I thought was weird that they left this part of the movie because, well, you'll see in a sec. In reality and in the film, uh, John Fitzgerald had re-enlisted in the army, mm -hmm. which means that he was basically off limits. You couldn't, yeah. couldn't kill him. He was an army guy, which is the only, the only reason that makes sense in our film is because he dies. Right. And that's also not what happened. He lived until 1833, I think, and then died in a Native American attack, the real Hugh Glass. So not as cool of a story, except for that part where he crawls for 200 miles yeah. <laughs> to get his revenge. Huh. So, um, All right, well, speaking of that, historical accuracy, we'll talk about that in, uh, mm. in your pick this week. Yes. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, let's go to the lobby. <laughs> Uh, you came all this way just for your revenge, huh? Will you enjoy it, class? Cause there ain't nothing gonna bring your boy back. Right there, kid. Head in the right place. I guess. 
can't help thinking about whether no. we did the right. Ain't our place to wonder. Good Lord's got us on the road whether you choose it or not. My pop, he wanted a, uh, he wanted a religious man to know he couldn't grow it or kill it or eat it, and he just plain old didn't believe in it. That was it. And this one time, he head on up the old Saba Hills, San Saba Hills, join up with a couple of Texas Range buddies of his hunt. Pretty routine, you know, he'd done it like a hundred times before. It should have been a three-day kill, but on the second day, well, it all went fucked. Somehow that night, he managed to lose his buddies top it off, and commences, then we took the horses. He was starving, he was delirious, and he crawls up into this mud, like a group of trees out there in the middle of nowhere, just sticking up in this ocean scrub, and he found religion. At that moment, he told me, found God. Um, And it turns out the God, he's a squirrel. Yeah, big old meaty one. I found God, he used to say. <laughs> Sitting and basking in the glory and the sublimity of mercy, I shot and ate that son. for me to kill. Hi. Gogo done it. Bingo. Sochua Black Mamba. Uasaka Hitorian Kishteru Mutai done it. So done Gogo. I know you feel you must protect your mistress. But I beg you. I picked this week is 1979 drama crime film Vengeance is Mine. It's available on Amazon Prime and iTunes and also available as a description to Voodoo.
All right, Vengeance is Mine. It was directed by the legendary Japanese director Shoei Imamura and starred the legendary Japanese actor Ken Ogata. And I'm only going to mention him because he fucking rules this movie. And there's other good actors in it, but they have Japanese names and I don't want to butcher them. So I'm just going to leave them right out. Wait, what Japanese people? I, I didn't watch a Japanese movie. Oh, yes, you did. You no, I watched. I watched. Uh, you watched, oh, no, you watched. The, I, I, I spit, spit on, on your grave, grave three. three. Yeah. Vengeance is mine. Yes. Oh, what no. Are you, what are you talking about? There's no Japanese. Dude, well, I got to tell you, I actually didn't watch The Revenant. I uh, just read the synopsis. I watched the movie The Revenant, which is about a cop and a vampire who's oh. killing bad guys. Oh, I know which yeah. one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I, I also, for The Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, I watched but I watched, uh, it was a porn parody yeah, of The yeah, Princess yeah. Bride. But it actually covered a lot of Why do they the, call them porn parodies? Because Why do they a, call them pornities? Ooh, that's a good point. You should right. get on that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. Well, it's not. See, to me, it's because that's what it is. But yeah, I mean that that's a better name for it. Mm-hmm. Just smush them right. Smush that Hornady. right. Yeah. Oh. Mm. That's so, my favorite genre of film. So but the, like, like if you porn- take all the actual, <laughs> you take all the actual pornography out of the pornities. Just the porn. Just, just have the, the just porn the acting, acting. Just the acting. So I'm gonna part. just start doing that. That would be fun. I'm gonna start doing. The uh, I'm gonna take actual porn parodies. You take the and I'm sex gonna cut out. out all the porn. Yep. And then just put them out there as their just, own films. Just the scenes. It's of my artistic all. take on it. I'm Bro, gonna make them black and white. I'm, I really want to see. Flip this. the mirror. I'm gonna flip mirror image all these films. Yeah. So it's it legally it's my own version. Can you it's, do the, I can. Can you do Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers porn. Yeah. I, I think like that's probably like 20 different versions of a Super well, Mario. Brothers the one porn. with Brooklyn Chase. I don't know who that yeah, one is. Sorry, I'm like a porn historian. Oh no, you trust me. You're the right. I can. I, can, I love right all off the top movies. Of my head, I could probably name ten porn stars. Oh, I believe the last you. Two years. I believe you. I'm a little bit of a. Uh, <laughs> so porn, not a porn connoisseur, a pornosaur. Vengeance is mine. I guess it's okay that we're talking about porn because there's what five sex scenes in this movie, something like that. There's a lot of sex scenes in Vengeance. I have is so mine. many porn, like puns in my head right now, like pornosaur. <laughs> you're still on the porn. Pornosaurus sex. <laughs> Porn on the cob. I don't, none of these make sense. Pornoween. Right. Porn, Pornoween. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so uh, what did you think of this movie, Vengeance is Mine? Uh, I honestly, here's the thing. From what I got from the movie, I was kind of obsessed. I thought it was really fucking well done. Yeah. Um, but I had a hard time understanding a lot of shit because you, once again gave me a movie that was the subtitles are on like a real dark screen. I can only watch it on daily motion. Cause I don't have the criterion thing. It's the daily motion subtitles. I bet. Yeah. It's, I have a hard, I have, if anybody listening at home hasn't caught this in previous episodes, I have like a, a minor issue with uh, dark colors and like really, really when it's really dark and like blues. Mm. And this movie was really dark, dark blues. With like, you remember back in the day, speaking of porn, how like buffering screen would look. This whole movie looked because it was a '70s uploaded to Daily Motion. Looked like it was buffering the entire time Ugh. for me, and I had to deal with that. Yeah, and I also had to deal with it on a, a smartphone. That's how I had to watch it. So it was kind of hard to keep up with the plot when you don't know the words, you don't know what they're saying. But I I figured it out pretty quickly. It took me through halfway through the movie to realize that that was his his like wife and dad. Yeah, well, okay. not his wife and, and like I thought it was just like a, a priest for yeah. some reason. One of the he's thing, Catholic, but I thought he was just a priest. Yeah, one of the things that's definitely a drawback about it. Uh, I even, 
I haven't seen this movie in probably like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having the same problem with it. I was like, what the heck's going on in certain parts? But it's also because the narrative jumps around a whole bunch. Like, yeah, it starts at the end or near the end rather, and then goes back. And then it's jumping from like when he's in jail, when he's younger, when it's now, when it's yeah. the future, like, or whatever. Like, so it's like, telling the story of when he's doing the killings, but it's also being told like he's in the interrogation room. And then all of that comes, you know, culminates in him at the end before yeah. he's going to be executed. And, uh, it's, it's really easy to gather what's going on. If you just read the brief, synopsis, yeah, the brief exactly. version of it, it doesn't even spoil things. And, and you, right. you, you'll get, Oh, okay. Now I know who, right. who and what makes sense. And I think really like there's some big, like Ken Ogata is amazing. He's our, our serial killer, our main character. And to give you like a brief, uh, synopsis if you haven't seen it this is a movie that is about um akira nishiguchi who is a real japanese serial killer and it's sort of a, a biop or like a film you know about yeah, the which is weird because they changed his name yeah but it's pretty much almost completely accurate except for one major major thing that happens in this movie that i'll tell you yeah, yeah you always say on. when we get to it no when we get, when we get to it i'll remember yeah <laughs> But so it's it's about a serial killer and he murders, um, I think, six people in total on this sort of like jumping around killing spree. Um, and they're all like it starts with like some truck drivers that he works with. And then it's like people that like have helped him along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is that all kind of goes back to when he was there's a scene when he was a kid. And his dad had to give away his fishing boats to the Japanese military during the war. And yeah. he felt like his dad and I, I feel like it's supposed to be like his dad and Christianity, which yeah. is their Christians were humiliated. were humiliated and in his eyes would basically as a child. He was like, well, that's, that's all bullshit. And it's almost like the character is trying to get revenge on his father um, in a way or on God or something. Society, I would say. Yeah. And I think that's why it's called vengeance is mine. And which is a quote from the Bible, ventures his mind, so saith mm-hmm. the Lord. Because um, also at the end of the film, when he his father comes in and speaks to him before he's going to be executed, he's like, I should have killed you. And he's like, you couldn't kill me. You just kill people who help you. And like, it's like he wanted to, but he didn't have the power. And the, But the other thing about it that I think is really interesting is that it's almost like Imamura, the director, yeah. is trying to get revenge in Japan. And J- Japanese society, like you had th- at this point in, they call it the Jap- the Tokyo New Wave or the Japanese New Wave. Um, There's a lot of filmmakers who are making films that showed Japan in a positive light. Well, um, are you talking? Are you gonna are you gonna bring up Wild Zero? No, no, this isn't. This is way before Wild Zero. This is like the the six late sixties into the late seventies. So there's okay. all these films that were like like Tokyo Story. They're like positive, and they show a Japan that was not real. Mm-hmm. It's a very like white whitewashed for lack of a better word Japan. Yeah. Um and so this movie is just like all these horrible people. Like everyone in this movie has a vice. Like the dad is fucking wants to fuck his son's wife and the wife killed, is in love with the dad. They they murder a dog with fucking did you do you remember that scene? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they pour boiling water. I mean, you don't see it, but like still, it's like it's they pour up. fucking boiling I, water on the dog. A good amount of the kills took place off camera. Yes, yes, but the kills that he, his kills are amazingly violent, and they're also like there's no like music. 
they're just they're really visceral like when he's like attacking the dude with the hammer and the blood's pouring out like and they're like wrestling each other on the ground and shit like there's something really visceral about it the final kill like because again so part another part of this plot is that he eventually i guess falls in love mutually with this woman i does he does he love her though she falls in love with him yeah i was gonna say she she I owns think, uh what what uh i don't want to use the word the wrong a brothel word. Oh, thank you yeah that's a good well one. it's a hotel <laughs> see i don't think it's actually a brothel it, yeah i don't want to call it uh, a WH. whorehouse yeah i don't want okay. to no, we don't um, that i don't here. think that actually it, it, I, now that i think about it it's not technically a brothel it's an inn but they because they like call but they definitely they call for like someone to come down so like they call for like yeah it's Technically, I guess, but there she's not like a pro. She's not well. I guess she is a procurist, but she's not like a pimp or a procurist. And like, like she doesn't like. You don't come in and say, "Hey, like I want a whore." Like she like calls somebody and they pay for it. I right. guess that's what it seemed like. But anyway, yes, she owns like a, a back alley inn, um, and it's actually it's like her. I can't. I can never tell about this. I'm not sure if it's her husband because he's always referred to by like Mister whatever, but that really shitty dude who tries to rape her at the end of the movie. Yeah. I think that dude like owns like it's her place, but like that dude like is giving them money, um, and her mother, who also is a murderer who is out of jail, has like kind of sold her out to this guy. Yeah. Um, and again, there's a big theme of broken families, but when that scene when he kills her at the end, that to me is like one of the best shot scenes I've ever ever seen. The way they, there's like a camera on the ceiling and it's just down in this square. Yeah. And she's like grabbing onto him and trying to push him away and like shaking as he chokes her to death. And in, the look on his face is like a mixture of like pain, sadness and like fury. It's like, so, oh, it's so good. Uh, I'm going to go off topic just a second. What go was ahead. that movie you made me watch? The anime? Wolf Brigade. Oh, yeah. Jinro. Kind of. That's kind of how that movie plays out at the end. Totally. Except Jinro is clearly supposed to be like a good guy. Uh, yeah, he has to kill yeah the girl here's here's something i wanted to bring up even though it's completely off topic it's okay did you know that netflix has a live action version of that oh i do yes somebody told me about that i didn't know about it until you like you're reminding yeah. me but yeah, yes you're i do you're gonna know. have to check that out at some definitely point and, definitely and tell people what we think about yeah. it. <laughs> um i feel like this movie could have done uh better in a category about serial killers if we do one <clears throat> yes i agree. i i really really once I got to like the, the short synopsis and I played back a lot of it in my head and I, I went back and cause it was broken up to parts. I watched the last 20 minutes over again, um, knowing full well what was actually fucking happening. Um, I, I get the movies called vengeance is mine. I think princess bride is more of a revenge movie than this movie. I could see. Like that. I get, yeah. I get like what the revenge is on, but it's not really revenge. Like it's, he's well, not, he's not doing yeah, yeah. what he's doing is no form of revenge whatsoever. But he's does just that, killing people. But yeah. But does that matter if that's what the character thinks it is? I guess Maybe, I, don't know. I also, I wanted to do something that was a little bit different. Um, the other film that I was thinking about choosing was way more of a straight up revenge movie. It's uh, uh, Kurosawa's the, the bad sleep. Well, oh, it's, that. it's basically like a, um, the, the rough would be uh, the telltale heart. With yeah. two people, it's Part people me, who have a secret and they're and they're like they can't keep the, they murdered someone and they can't keep the secret basically. Right. So I know what you did last summer. Right. That's not. It's not. But, but no. But <laughs> this. But it's. But the murder. It's hey, a that revenge, would count as a revenge movie. But here's the thing. There's a no. There's a. First of all, it's a revenge killing, uh-huh. and there's a person trying to get revenge on them, but to prove it. 
Right. So it, it, it is, it's just a little bit, I wanted something that's a little bit different. And the other thing about this movie that kind of ma- fits the theme of revenge, I wouldn't say makes it a revenge movie, but fits the theme of revenge is that in a way, this was like Shoei Imamura's revenge against the, uh, not just like I said before, Japan, but also mm-hmm. like Japanese filmmakers. And in fact, there's a little scene in this movie where you see these two old people coming into the end. It's like maybe like it's really it's near the beginning somewhere when he first gets to the to the end um and the the only see them from behind and it's like i didn't even notice this i had to go back and find it like when i was reading about it but uh it's a direct shot at a movie i mentioned earlier tokyo story which was a big movie at the time and like a really well-loved movie and so he was he did that a couple different times there's a couple different movies he references like negatively kind of being almost like being like, this is how it really is. So in a way, I feel like it was his revenge against like Japanese society. He wanted to be like, you guys pretend that everybody in Japan is like perfect and everything's fine. And all these families are strong. And, but this is reality. This is how people actually are in our country. So it was like his way of getting revenge in a sense on like people that he didn't think were listening to him in his films. He just made a film that like, was like this, What a a solid platform for him than someone writing a book like that and being able to go, okay, this is a screenplay. Well, and it's like, almost that's like him saying, his title is him saying, vengeance is mine on you, you know? So I think it fits the theme, but yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. It's not as much, I would agree. I don't think it's as much of a range movie as Princess Bride, so. It was a a very good movie, uh, but I'm going to go refill my Coke and I'm going to get some, uh, more butter popcorn. Yeah, yeah, some jujubes. Yeah, so we'll be right back. I'll be right back. Oh, yes, um, a bottle of warm sake, please. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my do you understand? What brings you to Okinawa? I came to see a man. Oh, yeah. You have a friend living in Okinawa? Not quite. Not friend? I never met him. Never? Who is he? May I ask? Hattori Hanzo. Hattori Hanzo, you must be glad you need Hattori Hanzo's In the crib dreaming about near jets and coops The way salt shoots and how to sell records like Snoop I'm interrupted by a doorbell 352 Who the hell is this? I get up quick, cocks my shit Stop the dogs from barking Then proceed to walking why are you giving me a thumbs up? Uh, right, verdict right. time. Okay. Time to do the verdict. <laughs> you, I feel like you usually kick off the verdict. Alright, I'll kick off the verdict. Yeah. This week, I'm doing something different. And that is, I'm not picking a film because I think it's necessarily the best film. 
completely. I think that the best film for the theme this week is The Revenant, and that is my pick for number one. I think The Princess Bride is a about 100% of a film. But I think when it comes to talking about films that are about revenge, I got to go with your movie, The Revenant. I don't think Vengeance is Mine is enough. And I don't think The Princess Bride has enough to be in a revenge film. Mm -hmm. So I will give it to those people. We already talked about this a whole bunch about whether or not it is. It is and it isn't in different ways. I personally think it is. But I think The Revenant was a better revenge film. And I, I enjoyed it more. I like I want to I was kind of like I should have bought it like I would watch it a couple more times I wished I wanted to watch it again and then my rental was up like I just didn't have time yeah. for other shit it's one of my it's my favorite movies of all time yeah behind that I would go Princess Bride and then Vengeance is Mine for I'm in the exact picks. same order again but again I think all these movies to me are in at least the high 80s if not all in the 90s I would say they're all in the 90s yeah 100% yeah. Uh, I think but as far as you say I, on both fronts, I would still put The Revenant above Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. I think it is a better movie. Yeah, not yeah. just a better revenge movie. And I think it's um, also but they're both really. I mean, Princess Bride is like I, you know, I, I'm it's a, a huge, classic, huge fan of Princess yeah, Bride. It's exactly. like one of I was stoked to see it on there. Right. And if they if we decided it wasn't a revenge film, second place would have been Old Boy. Right. Fucking Old Boy is I could get its own episode. I love Old Boy. Exactly. I love both versions of exactly. Old Boy, even though yeah. the remake was shit on. Right. It was fucking amazing. To me, good. Yeah, to me, if we had picked the original Old Boy, it would have been no contest. I think it's, I think that is the greatest revenge film ever made. I also think, not to get too deep into it, but I know a lot of people did vote for it, so it's nice to talk about it, I guess. Um, the hammer in the hallway scene. Oh, is, one of the greatest action scenes. I think of it all is time. the greatest action scene. People think John Wick is the shit. John Wick's awesome, but. but See Old Boy with and, a hammer. Yeah. And it's then just, talk to me. And then, and well, as I love it because he goes through that whole, that long, long shot. Which yeah. is amazingly choreographed. Ass beat and a then, lot. and then there's this, there's <laughs> the part where it cuts to the elevator opening, and all the dudes fall out, all the knocked, and it's just him standing <laughs> there. Like that is amazing. Yeah. And also that one's crazy because it's like double revenge because it's his revenge for being locked up for 15 years, uh, and then it's stop it. What? Uh, because it's not on the episode. You're right. You're about to give away like a massive spoiler to this. Oh, I'm movie. sorry. Go watch Old Boy if you haven't seen it. <laughs> if you have seen it, you guys already know what I'm talking yeah. about. If so. you haven't seen it, you're a fucking asshole. Oh, Go watch it. <laughs> watch it. And then watch the remake. And then if you uh, see where you stand yeah. on the debate of whether or not the remake is an insult. Because I think the remake is fucking brilliant. People did not yeah. like it. I still haven't seen it. We've talked about that before. I will see it one day. I like Josh Brolin. And so. the ending is actually quite different. That's yeah. probably maybe That's, why yep. people are so mad about it. Could be. But in terms of these movies, yeah, like... I don't know. The Revenant had so much going on. Tom Hardy gives one of them. It's become one of my favorite performances, like by an actor. Um, Leo does a great job as always. Um, the, uh, th- something I actually wanted to bring up. I actually wrote down uh, their name for this very reason. Uh, the music by uh, Ryu Ichi uh, Sakamoto in the Revenant. Oh my fucking God. It is so good. And it's not just like typical, like just like fiddle playing in the background because it's the 1800s. Like there is a little bit of that, but one of my favorite, like the the actual Revenant theme in the movie is like strings that come in really strong for like a second, and then just the sounds of nature. So it's like like I'll put it in right here, and then it's like silence, and then the strings come back in, and then it's silence, and it like not only like and and, and as the song goes on, more and more like 
musical accompaniment comes in and more and more strings they last longer it's like following him as he's climbing mm -hmm. and he's standing back up and now he's like going ac actively after his revenge yeah you know and i also say man the fight scene at the very end of the revenant so good realistic so good man oh my god i was it, it's like a movie like that all right like because all right so throughout this whole episode you've been hearing clips from kill bill um and sound clips and stuff so one of the things one of the things that I think is really important about that as a film and that I think The Revenant also does really well is that a revenge film has to have that payoff that's really good. Right. The Princess Bride didn't. Vengeance is Mine really didn't. So that's why they're, they're not at the same level to me. You need to have that scene where they beat the shit out of that guy. Like, I guess, you know, obviously, I mean, Princess Bride has it for Indigo. But the, the main character's revenge is so fully realized in the revenant so when they finally like punch each other out and and just have that yeah. fight and knife against tomahawk like yeah fucking yeah so good uh so for me as far as the points go i took down uh vengeance is mine primarily because i couldn't and it wasn't at any fault of the actual film mm -hmm. the it was just a matter of i it was hard for me to keep up on my own accord it was my own problems that yeah. made it hard to keep up but I'll also um, agree because it was hard for me without those problems. So, um, so uh, <laughs> as far as Princess Bride goes, uh, it's just, to me, it was just a close second. It, it is mm. near perfect movie. I just think The Revenant is a perfect movie. Um, with Vengeance is Mine, I said earlier, I was not going to forget. I'm not going to forget. The major thing that I didn't like about that movie, mm -hmm. this is a movie that's based on a true story and is advertised as such. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the movie, when they try to bury his bones, they try to throw his bones, they just float in the sky. Okay. I'm... It's a metaphor. And I understand I, that yeah. it's a metaphor. The other... What the fuck does... Oh, the, okay. the earth refused his bones. But the other thing about that, like, I agree with you completely. Also, to add to it, it's so shittily done because it's 1979 that it's literally just like they strength. throw the bones and then, but like the bones no they just stop the they just stop the camera it freezes the camera so even there's a shot where it's them and they're frozen and it, so it's like wait so everything froze when they threw the bones like it unless you read someone telling you that that's what's going on i like watching it the first time mm -hmm. i just thought that it was like some artsy thing the director decided to do at the end where it was like they're throwing the bones and then they're like oh i'll stop the camera or something <laughs> like reading it i was like oh the bones froze in the air yeah. i was like no the camera froze like no nope. everything you, you'd see them throw the bones and like there's a car in the background that's frozen you're like no the world is frozen no the whole idea was that the so, yeah. earth refused his bones i agree that was, was so dumb. bad that was dumb. Silly. It was really yes. silly. That's not historically accurate. That no. lost points for me. But Princess Bride, I had no complaints. There's nothing for me to complain about Princess Bride or Revenant. My honest yeah. opinion. I don't give a shit about historical accuracy if it's a great movie. The only my really the only thing about the Revenant isn't even that something I would say is a it's something that I would say is I mean I guess it's negative. If I were, to, I feel like it could be shorter. There's some. You stuff, always feel like that, but, though. Well, yeah, but I feel like sometimes movies draw shit out. I think this movie did it for a reason, mm -hmm. but also it, it did it to the max. This might be the longest movie we've ever covered at two thirty-five. I think it was two hours yeah. thirty-five. So it's one of the longest. And I mean, I mean, but at the same time, um, Avengers of Mine was two twenty, so that was <laughs> close. Yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time watching films. But week. I think the same thing about Avengers of Mine. There was a lot of shit that could have been cut back there. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of it, 
honestly didn't really detract from a movie except for one time in the movie I picked up my phone because uh, like just something was there just he was like shooting trees and I was like okay I'm bored for a second I was like oh I gotta I gotta watch this movie right <laughs> like so it did do that yeah. to me once but that's really the only drawback that that and it's that's more of just a personal thing for me you know I I'm not gonna sit here and say that that makes the movie worse right so so uh with that being said revenant my movie i won the audience didn't take that shout out <laughs> i finally got it um uh with that being said next week's theme that you picked is outlaws and cowboys or wow. what sounds better to you cowboys and outlaws or outlaws cowboys and, cowboys? and ca- frank and beans cowboys i like i don't need it either way uh, out, outlaws and cowboys kind of sounds cool even just outlaws Right. Well, if we just do Outlaws, we can do anything. We can do like really, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know, Western-style movies featuring cowboys, featuring outlaws, featuring six guns, maybe, you know, ten-gallon hats, that sort of shit. It doesn't have to be in the American West. Outlaws and Most cowboys. Will be, but That's it. Yeah. Outlaws and... No, wait. I like it the other way around. Cowboys and outlaws. Cowboys and outlaws. So next week's episode yeah. is Cowboys and Outlaws. I already have a movie picked. 2005 movie. Uh, the proposition, and I have a movie from ten years before, from nineteen ninety-five, Dead Man. All right, so now you know. And those are both available on YouTube, on Google Play, and also on Amazon and iTunes. Uh, I'm sure iTunes. I'm sure it's one of them is on Netflix or Hulu or one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do your research and, and be prepared for next week's episode. In the meantime, join the group facebook.com forward slash My Movies Better. Click View Group, and in that group, you will be able to vote on. And nominate first uh, your pick for Cowboys and Outlaws. Uh, so once again, just wanted to say thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. I'm sorry, bud. That was rude of me, wasn't it? Bud, I'd like to introduce my friend, the Black Mamba. Black Mamba? This is Bud. You know, before I picked that little fella up, I looked him up on the internet. Fascinating creature, the black mamba. Listen to this. In Africa, the saying goes, in the bush, an elephant can kill you, a leopard can kill you, and a black mamba can kill you. But only with the mamba, and this has been true in Africa since the dawn of time, is death sure. Hence its handle, Death Incarnate. The last time we spoke was the most pleasant. But you've got to get over being mad at me and start becoming afraid of me because she is coming and she's coming to kill you. And unless you accept my assistance, I have no doubt she will succeed. That woman deserves her revenge. And we deserve to die. Then again, so does she.
because it was a 50-50 shot on whether you'd be going left or right. You see, we're both going left. You could have just as easily been going left, too, and if that was the case, it would have been a while before you started getting scared. But since you're going the other way, I'm afraid you're gonna have to start getting scared immediately. He's a fan figure of a man in handsome too. I got is that I didn't hit him harder with that steel chair. Bret Hart runs around talking about everybody screwing him. Hell, for the past seven years I've been screwed and it's the same old song. How come when Shawn Michaels hurts his knee you make a video out of him? How come when Shawn Michaels gets sick you tell the world that he's got the flu? Well, when I went to the final four I was sick as a dog and I had a blowed out knee. Let me ask you a question. How many one-legged people could go 25 minutes with three of the top wrestlers in the world? Each week, ABC invites you to the world premiere of a motion picture made especially for television. In original productions... Dad, I'd have been beat up twice. I almost got run over. My partner, Dave, thinks I'm having an interracial romance with a girl I haven't seen in years. And I'm on a case and I haven't got a client. Your timing's lousy. Motorcycles, man, that is high class, ain't it? Up, it's my work. You're not 18 anymore, and I ain't dreaming 18, that's one thing. But you're grown now, you're grown man now. Talk about dreaming. This ain't no farm. You ain't no farmer. You're a truck driver. I don't know who that motorcycle belongs to, but that girl has a husband. The Over the Hill Gang. We've got the prison. We're over the hill now. The man ain't true, he's dead. 
I don't want to hold up a good poker game over some ticky little squabbles over the rules. But seven aces in one deck, whew, that's a lot of aces. Walter Brennan, Ava Gabor, George Maharis, Janet Lee, Sammy Davis Jr., Dorothy Malone, Sebastian Cabot, Jill St. John, Jack Albertson, Carol Lindley, Robert Horton, Ricardo Montalban, Joey Heatherton, Michael Parks, Ken Berry, Eve Arden, Carl Betts, Lee Majors, Ruth Buzzy, Pat O'Brien, Dina Merrill, Paul Ford, Leslie Ann Warren, Milton Burrow. Sometimes a man's dead when he ain't no use anymore. Yeah, I know what you mean. I get an idea. It's horse high, bull strong, hog tight. Yeah! You keep saying you got something for me. Something you call love, but confess. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. And now someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for. He's supposed to be the big technician, the sharpshooter. Big deal. I don't know a whole lot of a couple of submission moves, but it doesn't matter because I'll beat the hell out of Bret Hart. There ain't nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold said so. Why have all this, why are you so bitter? Why this bitterness? You treat me like a dog and you expect me to smile. You remind me of a jackass.